up your frozen dinners, grab your TV tray, and settle in for another episode of The Plus Platoon, your podcast for all things Disney Plus, brought to you by Disney Plus fans. Watch along with us every week as we cover all the new, the old, the good, and the bad on Disney Plus. So put down that remote, don't touch that dial, and welcome your fabulous Plus Platoon host. everyone, welcome to the Plus Platoon. We're a Disney Plus fan podcast that gives honest, spoiler-filled reviews of movies and shows on Disney Plus. We look at new releases, coming attractions, and we'll even go back into the vault to research some of the classic Disney that's on the platform. Make sure you're subscribed and you will never miss a moment. Fresh off of her wedding, I'm bringing in Kate. Kate, congratulations! Thank you! Thank you! I'm glad some of the tuners were able to join. Yeah, it was a great party. <laughs> Great party. And next we've got Peter. Pete, glad to have you with us. I was trying to confirm, but I wasn't there. On the on what? but yes, it was a great party. <laughs> yeah, it was a great party. Yeah. Sivako. <laughs> and okay. last but certainly not least, the one of us who still has school, Steve. Twelve Steve. days. Twelve days. Twelve days. Still? Yeah, still. But they don't go back till after Labor Day. So when we're Actually, back, no, I go, I, I go back before Labor Day. Oh no! What the twentieth? <laughs> Close twenty third. Yeah, we start back like the twelfth. So anyway, guys, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. We are everywhere at Plus Platoon. That way, you'll never miss any of our great episodes. Okay, this week with Avatar: Way of Water or Ava- Water World or whatever it is coming out. This week on Disney Plus, we decided to go back and look at the 2009 original Avatar. Um, was James Cameron's what he would call a masterpiece anyway? It is the highest grossing movie ever as far as raw box office dollars. Um, if you act, I did something where I looked where if you actually compare it to box office dollars from the time like you even it out, it is not number one. And you guess which one is number one? And it's not Endgame. What? Like overall, any Star year? Wars? No. Any year, it, the, most, the most money any movie has ever made if you even out the value of the dollar. Titanic. Titanic. No. Wow. Snow White? Frankly, Who's my right? dear, it's gone with the wind. Oh. Uh, wow! And it's not even close. It's not even close. Gone with the Wind was the highest earner until Avatar on any dollars. Was Titanic even close? Uh, No, Titanic was in the lead because Titanic beat Star Wars. Right. But but, uh, Gone with the Wind was still higher. Yeah. So now. Part of the, do you know part of the reason that they re-released Avatar recently in theaters? It's not just to prep for Avatar two. It's to bump it, it ahead of game again. It is to get bumped in the back ahead of game again. Yeah, yeah, exactly why. Um, however, Avatar two has also if this is I think like two point nine billion or something like that. Avatar two is already at two point three or two point four worldwide. So Avatar two has been just as popular, which we're going to start with what had you soaring on a banshee? What was 
great. What did you really enjoy about this movie? And Pete, since you have a feeling you are the biggest defender of this movie, I'll let you go first on this one. <laughs> Am I the biggest defender of this movie? Um, yeah. So a little background. I did see it in theaters back in 2009 when the whole planet went to see it. Um, enjoyed it well enough. And I've, I didn't see it for like 10 years then watched it on DVD and now watched it just recently uh, before Avatar 2 came out. And, um, and then again, I watched it. I decided to rewatch it for this. I was really debating and I was like, oh, I don't know exactly what to rate it. So I feel like I should watch it again. Cause I've, I've seen it a couple times, but never like kind of back to back like this. So I wanted to be able to be really honest in what I rated it. I really do enjoy this movie. I think I think the thing that works the best about it is around the visuals, though. I, I think there's no doubt about that. Um, it's just very impressive when you I, I really this watch again, because I'd seen it fairly recently. I decided to like really pay attention to the details of how they do the the creatures and everything like that. And it just it's really the, the the special effects are really fantastic just very impressive the world building is is excellent it's very cool the way they create the creatures and everything like that and the amount of detail they put in um you know one thing i i really paid attention because uh, did i just cut out yes a little bit yeah Okay. Uh, yeah, I keep, I keep glitching. I'm sorry. Um, one thing I really paid attention to was most of the creatures, they're sexed pedal. I don't know what you call it. They have six, they have six limbs. A six, except for the avatars and the Navi. Except for the Navi, they don't have six limbs, but all the other creatures have. So like the, the banshees and the flying creatures all have four wings instead of two wings. Most of the ground creatures have six legs and like, the development of that to make it look natural and make it look real is just when you think about it, it's so impressive to like for, for us as humans, which are used to four legged creatures to not make it look weird. And it, yeah. and it never feels really weird. It feels alien, but it doesn't feel like not natural. It doesn't feel and, out of place. Right. Exactly. And so I want to give a lot of credit to, to, you know, part of what makes the movie as entertaining as it is, is the effects that they put into the movie. Um, I think I think that's definitely the best part about it. Um, I also want to single out um, Zoe Sandala's performance. Um, doing motion capture can't be the easiest thing to do. And I really thought uh, so. She's the um, she's Natiri. She's the the woman navi um and you know for those out there that don't pay attention to actresses she also plays gamora in the guardians of the galaxy films mm -hmm. and um so she i thought she played that and the and the way that it worked with the effects and everything i thought she played that character just very emotionally and everything like that i thought it was really really great so um I'll just leave it at those two things and I'll let Steve see if there's anything else he liked. <laughs> um, I must say same thing for you. Visuals. Um, this is the second time I've seen the movie. Like Pete, I saw it the first time in the movie theater <clears throat> and did it come out in 3d? I can't remember. Yes. yes. So I think, so I saw it in the theater 3d. Um, I was thinking even on my big screen TV, 
I mean, it still holds up, but it was one of those moments of this would look so much more amazing on the big screen. Lots of details. Um, it makes me appreciate the um, Flight of Passage ride in Animal Kingdom a lot more of how well that is pulled off and also just in the entire um, Pandora section of how they really captured that. Um, I liked the story. I, I mean, I have issues with the story, but um, I wasn't as entertained this time because I knew what the story was. Um, I found it entertaining. Um, I also like Pete. Um, it was the mother figure. I really liked, I felt like she re- really captured the feeling. I can't remember the um, character's name. Um, like Sort like, of the leader. Like the female chief type thing? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I like I liked her performance. Okay. Yeah. Um, um and one interesting thing on that, Pete Steve, is that on all the motion capture, they did he did not have them go back and overdub. He wanted it to be naturally caught sounds, which is why it sounds a little bit different than typical movies, is because most movies record on location or wherever, then the actors come in and re-record the music or re-record the, all the dialogue in a sound booth so you can hear everything. But this one, he said, no, I want the natural sounding words where you, know, you may not hear everything. So um, where have we seen the helicopter pilot that dies? Where have we seen her recently? That wasn't Valkyrie, right? No, she wasn't Valkyrie. I think was she in Ocean's Eight? Maybe I don't know. I'm I'm quickly looking it up. Yeah, let's see. But I would agree, visually stunning. Uh, This was the first time I've seen it. I've got a sixty sixty inch TV at home. Sat fairly close to the TV to get the effect. Visually, completely stunning. You did not notice that it was all the CGI. I didn't notice that it was all the CGI because it was done that well. Um, it was not. <laughs> it was. Um, yeah, it was not cheaply done because James Cameron actually had to sit on this movie for five, six years, eight years, somewhere in that neighborhood because the technology for the CGI could not catch up to what he wanted it to be. Um, This was his project post-Titanic. Oh, Titanic Um, was so good. I will also say love Sigourney Weaver in this. Yeah. Love Sigourney Weaver in this. In a completely different role than in her other main James Cameron picture, Alien. So it's just the no-nonsense but the fact that she cares you could tell that she had to you know she has made a connection through the schools and all this kind of thing um love the performance of the it's the colonel i never caught his name the guy with the three scars um i can't remember his name either but i know who you're talking about but if you want to see a great performance of his watch gettysburg he is george pickett in Gettysburg and such an emotional performance in that. I took me a while to remember where I'd seen him before, but he did an amazing job on that. So 
Um, the acting for the most part was very, very good. Um, we have to remember this was the late 2000s where it was still acceptable to put prosthetic limbs on someone who was perfectly able to walk. Um, because those were rubber prosthetics made from a mold of someone who was in a wheelchair, but then his real legs were removed digitally. So to me, to me, that's a little bit of a, but overall, yeah. visually, really, visually really enjoyed it and really enjoyed the acting. Kate, what, what was good for you? <laughs> um, well, I'm going to sound super not original because you all took mine. <laughs> um, going back. So I did see this in theaters and going back and rewatching it. I was surprised with how well it held up being almost 15 years old. Um, the CGI, in my opinion, was better than all of um, She-Hulk well, and a lot of the CGI that we have watched with the Marvel series. Um, I, the outstanding thing, the thing that saves this movie, in my opinion, is the visuals, the colors, yeah. the the um, the way that it just kind of pulls you in visually to their world. Just how everything is those little the little um, thingies that almost look like jellyfish, like yeah, just. Yeah the 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 band to how the banshees fly and i will say i had not seen this movie again so i saw it in 2009 in theaters i had not seen this movie again um but i have been through all of pandora Mm -hmm. at disney world and just now it all makes more sense to me and even like watching the first time that the main character gets on the banshee and like watching the banshee breathe Mm -hmm. i was like Oh, that's why this is a big deal on the ride that you can feel the banshee breathing. Oh, that's the th- so it made everything make more sense to me. Um, Derek, you both, uh, you and Steve, both took my actresses that I was going to talk about, which was Zoe and Sigourney Weaver. Um, both phenomenal. I wasn't as impressed with the male actors as I was the female actors. Um, but overall, sorry, my goodness, overall, I really enjoyed it. I also really enjoyed um, just the background music and um, how it kind of was a little bit like The Lion King, where it just kind of, the just the, the music kind of pulls you also into the story. Um, so, yeah, it was good. And then, Pete, to answer your question, um, that actress has been in Fast and Furious and also recently the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, that's right. I, watched, I have watched none of those. So yeah. realistically, I've, yeah, I've watched none of those. So she just looks like a couple of the looks similar to a couple other actresses that I must have seen then. So, okay. So that's what was great about it. Kate, I'm going to let you start since we stole all of yours. What had you feeling a little blue? What? So <laughs> I'm going to be really honest. This movie is not my jam. Um, I found it very difficult to stay engaged. Um, I was actively trying to stay engaged and it just would not welcome back Pete. It just would not hold my attention. Um, And I went in wanting to love this movie. I went in having high hopes um, because the first time I saw it, I may or may not have fallen asleep in the theater. And so I was hoping that maybe I was just tired or I'd had like a little bit, 
to drink. And so I just fell asleep. Like, but I don't know what it is about this movie. I just could not connect to the main guy. I had a lot of trouble connecting to the avatars. I just, it was really tough for me. I would rather see a, a movie of the making of this movie than I would watching this movie. I would love to see how they did the, the animation and the, what did you call it, Derek? Stop motion. Stop motion. Um, I would love to see that. Uh, I just shoot. There was something else I was going to add in. What was it? What was it? What was it? Uh, yeah, I, Oh, I remember. Um, I am very, very surprised that this movie has its own land at Disney world of any of the movies that could be made. Why this movie? And I guess that makes sense because when you walk uh, into Pandora, two point nine billion dollars. Yeah, because <laughs> it's the biggest movie in history and had a sequel. Well, they'd already That's built fair. the. They'd actually built the. James Cameron took so long to do the sequel. He the sequel was supposed to be out when the theme park opened, and it took him five extra years to finish it. But, See, and this is this is a little bit of just parks knowledge, but they announced. Avatar or Pandora World of Avatar roughly in 2011 because I was on my college program when they announced it. They didn't open it until what? 2018? Yes, something? about five years ago, I think. So yeah. Which boggles my mind because Universal Studios down the road is like, hey, we're going to build Diagon Alley from Harry Potter. And, and a year like, later it's done. Six months later. <laughs> It's complete, but Disney, <laughs> it took them like seven to eight years. Uh, it was uh, 2017 is when it opened. Okay. It took them six or seven years. It just. Yeah. It took, it, it, it took them five years to build the Tron ride. So I don't think that's a good. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. But part of me also says, yes, Universal built a castle. Disney floated mountains. So. Yeah. A little bit there, but you're right. Disney does take its dear sweet time in imagining things. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's me. That's I wanted to like it, but I just Steve. Um, I like the story, but it's way, way, way too long. Agreed. Like I like I, I agree with Kate this time. I found myself like disengaging and coming back. Um, I think part of it is I knew the story. Um, I also felt like they sort of take the story and they hit you over the head. Like, do you get the message? Are you sure you got the message? Bat, bat, bat. Again, I mean, that's maybe just mine of I don't need to be slapped the message. I, I get the message. Um, those are my biggest really to the complaints. I feel like you can shorten it down, still have the great visuals, and still tell a great story. <laughs> yes. Um, I so I would agree. Well, any movie that's almost three hours long is probably too long. I don't mind that so much with this movie, but there there are it it does spend a lot of time with, you know, I talked about the visuals and everything like that. It spends a lot of time with taking Jake Selly into the world of the Navi. And upon repeat viewing, that does drag. Um 
my biggest complaints about this movie are it's very it's a very cliche story. The story is not impressive. Um, but I think that they tell it in a way that's, I mean, they set it in a world that's unique, which helps that not mind that quite as much. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of it's, it's, it's Pocahontas, it's Fern Gully, it's <laughs> Dances with Wolves is a big, is a big one that people compare it to. It's a lot like Dances with Wolves, really. Black Samurai. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and then I think you know for how much uh, credit we were talking about some of the different actors, I do agree. Um, Sam Worthington as Jake Sully, Sully is the weak, uh, the weak cog in the acting wheel, <laughs> or the weak spoke in the acting wheel. Um, he's uh, he he was having a moment in two thousand and nine where he was in big movies. And I'm not sure why. And I guess you kind of know now that he didn't really come out of that becoming a superstar. So what about, I don't, I, I lost. So Derek, have you gone yet? I'm not. Okay. Go, go for it, Derek. Okay. Uh, first of all, I would agree. It's Fern Gully meets lame is because nobody leaves till everybody dies. Because <laughs> without the songs, and it's way too long. Which okay, I love the fact that you guys have all said this is such a long movie. It's such an incredibly long movie. It's twenty minutes shorter than Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> throw that out there. Just gonna throw that out there. It's twenty minutes shorter than Endgame. But That's Endgame. Funny. Okay, but I'm gonna say this: Endgame packed a lot of story and a lot of character into that movie. This movie has very little story and actually very little character but i would say very repeat it's a very repeated story it's it's yeah. a story that i you we have all heard and seen mm-hmm. many times before yeah um and I, i'm going to i'm going to warn you when you watch avatar 2 you're going to see it again <laughs> oh yeah and part of that is the reason we're actually going to push avatar 2 back so we have not we don't have to watch them back to back so yeah. it's going to get pushed a couple months down the road, honestly, just because give us a little bit of a break and see if let's come to Avatar 2 fresh and give it a fair shot. Um, so the original person who had who was offered 10% of the gross to play the Sam Worthington character was Matt Damon. Wow. And, and he turned it down because he was still in the Bourne franchise. Mm. Also a great franchise. Yes, but Sam Worthington apparently it was like he and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth or like two of the other big Marvel actors it was like Sam Evans and those two and apparently he nailed the that last speech, you know, do it for you know, let's save the forest, let's do it for the work, do it for the woods, do it for the family, whatever. Yeah, he nailed that so well was why he got the part. Mm. So, um, I he was, I, I don't want to say that he was bad, but he didn't he great. He just didn't strengthen the movie. Um, I mean, you say, you say Matt Damon, I, I, I think that he would have made this a better movie because he's really good. And I think he could have acted better through the motion capture. Yes. 
I also know Chris Pratt auditioned for this and stopped, he stopped his audition halfway through because he said, basically, I'm not going to put you through this. This is terrible. I know I'm being terrible at this. Yeah, I'm not going to keep going on this audition. So, <laughs> um, but no, that's good too. Now he was, he would not be right. He's not right for much. Um, no. he and I would argue there's better people that could have played Star Lord, but, um, to me, I mean, yes, it's long. It's long. It could have cut half an hour. Easy. It could have been a two and a half hour movie. Easy. Um, especially from, and you cut it from the first half. Um, it just, it, especially the first half, it just drags. Not much happens in that first hour. And you could skip a chunk of that first hour and not miss a whole lot. Yeah. at all because it's you know that he's on this foreign planet which did anyone else have flashbacks to mission space when they put him in put him into the frozen hyper sleep and then wake them up <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um but so you if you as long as you know he's headed to this planet he's taking his brother's place and there's the bad guy who wants to destroy the planet. I mean, it had very much a here that anyone ever read the Ray Bradbury story, Here There Be Tigers? No. Where it's basically they land on this perfect planet. And the idea is they're out searching for minerals and ore to help mine a planet. Well, there's the one guy who wants to completely mine the planet. And the planet basically takes over and says, no, you're not going to mind me. You're not going to do this. That's a lot of what this... And there was one guy that stayed behind because he truly believed in what the planet was wanting to do. The planet wanted to be basically a Garden of Eden for them, and they basically said no, except for him. So that really reminded me of this story. So, okay. So that's the good. That's the bad. Okay, so... We've talked so much about how the visuals are great. And you can talk about it in this story. You can talk about it in other stories. In a movie or a TV series, how much can visuals make up for a weak story? And Steve, I'm going to start with you. So in other words, can good visuals save a movie for you from a bad story? I'm going to say in this case, yes. I remember I remember seeing this and um, I think the visuals kept me enough engaged. Um, I think visuals can do a lot of the same things. Um, I also think of where the visuals really intrigued me was um, the Benedict Society. Just the aesthetic. I think it draws you into the story and adds to the story or the authors what the director is trying to do. So I'm going to say yes. I mean you look at those visuals. I mean, anyone who saw this movie growing up, the minute you see it, you, you have that connection. Even if you don't like the story, you have that connection to that story. Cause it was, it's still amazingly stunning. Like you said earlier, all the stuff they do to make this world where it seems natural. Um, I was thinking talking of where I think Marvel falls is it's supposed to resemble like real life. And it's all those little small things that you pick out. So adding all these details to make this world seem natural adds to the total experience. Okay. Pete, how about you? 
how much can visuals make up for a um visuals can visuals can make up for a middle of the road story i'll say because to me this to me this movie does not have a bad story it has a a cliche cliche we've seen it before story but it's not a bad story um i think of a movie very recently since we're a disney plus podcast um that we didn't review but i I watched was strange worlds which was a recent disney animated movie and it had fairly impressive visuals to it but there was just the story was so poor and the characters were just not interesting and it just could not make up for for it with the visual. So you can't a hundred percent make up for a bad movie with a visual, but I think you can take a mediocre movie and, and, and prop it up to, and and actually Steve's uh, Steve's example of mysterious Benedict society. I didn't really love that show, but the aesthetic of the show kept me interested enough to keep watching it that I, that I was able to, to watch the show just because of um you know how how they uh how they designed the show and all the the the, uh you know the 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 visuals uh, yeah visuals and the and yeah how everything looked so you know i would say it's 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 a hard thing to call because there's so many like good effects now are so easy to achieve i don't want to say easy to achieve because it still costs a lot of money but you know i mean it's it's common good you know impressive effects are very common but to so so to make a great movie you need more than just the visual effects there needs to be something there i think so that's my opinion i would agree on that pete i think especially in the last five years especially in the last five years the whole oh my gosh isn't that doesn't that look so cool has gone away from movie making. Think about okay, Pete and Steve, you guys remember? Remember when Independence Day came out and the the alien ships coming in and blowing up the cities? Looked right, so cool. And now it's it still looks cool, but it's not one of those. It's one of those where you wouldn't go just to see the special effects. Yeah, to me, to me recently. Visuals can almost hurt a movie more than help a movie Agreed. or hurt a series. See, She-Hulk. Yeah, agreed. I mean, the story wasn't that great, but the visuals just killed it. Yeah. Um, it's if you don't, because if you don't connect visually and you don't believe what's going on, to me, it's hard to get connected into the story. So I think visuals, I don't think visuals have a chance to improve a story as much as they can. If it's a good story, it can pull it down. So, but then yeah, it, can, always, it can take you out of it. Yeah. And I've always been very, very story based. Is it a good story versus does it look really cool? Which is part of the reason I'm not a strong Marvel fan is because they rely a lot on does this big battle scene look really cool? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, so, I would argue not as much as DC does, but okay. Well, okay, but who really watches the DC movies? I mean, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> I keep watching them. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. So, Kate, we've got two for kinda me and not really 
can visuals make lift a show if it's got a weak story? Um, well, I I was on the fence. I was going to say it can make or break, but I think I'm leaning a little bit more toward Derek that um, if the storyline isn't there, the visuals can be stunning. But the thing that really moves me in a movie is the storyline and is, am I connecting to the characters? Are you pulling me into the story? Are you keeping me in the story? And I mean, if visuals could save a movie, this movie would be the best movie of all time because the visuals of this, not just the highest grossing. Yeah. This, the visuals of this movie are so beautiful, but when you, when you, at least for me, I just couldn't get into it and the visuals didn't save it. Derek's a hundred percent right. The visuals can also, um, totally take away from it. See She-Hulk. Um, anything with terrible CGI, just, it really, like, it just pulls you out of the story. So I think that visuals could more likely hurt a movie than help it. Um, I think that they can help, but I don't think they can save a movie just by the visuals. That's my call. And I think on this one, it's important because when we were talking about getting ready to watch this, it's a case of Pete said, watch it on the biggest screen you can have. To me, if it's a good movie, the size of screen shouldn't matter. No. But I, if, I, I will, I will say after I said that, I watched it on my Kindle. <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> and I still enjoyed it. But if it's truly a good story and a good movie, okay, when we get ready to do our Pixies ratings, the visuals should play, realistically to me, the visuals might play a half point one way or the other. On this, I think the visuals, it relies too strongly on the visuals. Now, Speaking of our Pixie Dust ratings, we always rate movies on Pixie Dust ratings out of five. And as always, Kate, you are up. How many cups of Pixie Dust on this movie? Two. Okay. And that's, in my opinion, that's being generous. That's the visuals that get it up to it. I just couldn't get in the storyline. Anyway, that's me. Pete. Oh, sorry, Steve. Sorry. So, um, Three and I like with Kate. For me, it's the visuals that pushes it up from the two point five to three because the story was eh, okay, but seeing the visuals again bumps it up to that three. So three. So I'm going to probably be in the minority here, but I'm actually going to give this movie a four, which I don't know if that wow. surprises anyone. You and I don't I, usually disagree that much. I know. Um, again, I. I saw it when it was in theaters. I didn't watch it for years. I can't say I, I can't say I was a big fan of it, but watching it again just recently, having seen back in December, seen it in Avatar 2, I really and also I will say I rode Flights of Passage like a week ago, which which does help. That does help. Um but even though I was watching it on my little screen, I was still enjoying the movie. It is it is cliche. I wouldn't put it in my top ten or pro, or possibly even top one hundred movies. Um, certainly not my top ten. But 
I do enjoy it. I would recommend it to people. And, um, you know, I would, having watched it four times, I would watch it again. Now, if someone said next week you want to watch it, I'd be like, no, I just saw it. But a year from now, yeah, I would watch it. I would watch it again. So um, I, I got a ba- based on how I rate things. And and as I said, before I rewatched it just now, I was waffling between a three and a half and a four. And on a specific day, you probably could take me either way on that. But having just rewatched it, I'm going to give it a four. What about you, so Derek? This is, so this is as good as the original Muppet movie. Well, it's a completely different movie, but yes. Okay. Oh, oh my God. That was a question. I thought you were saying, I thought you were saying. No, 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 no. And I was like, according to Pete, it is. Who are you? (laughs) It is. No, I'm going to give it a two and a half. Um, Just because if I'm, if you have, you should pick me up in the second half of the movie. Y'all probably sit and watch it with you. You pick me up in the first half of the movie, have fun. Um, But, but again, I, it's one of those where we've seen this movie so many times we've seen it in fern gully which is oh the story is a completely underrated movie um but it's not available like good luck finding fern gully somewhere if you can find it it's worth a watch because <laughs> robin includes robin williams as a bat as a fruit i think bat. i got it on vhs <laughs> um it's Pocahontas. I mean, it's the same guy goes in, guy indoctrinates in with the claw in with the natives and bites against the man. It's it's that it's that story. As you said, Pete, it's dances with wolves. It's all of those stories. So to me, it's a two and a half just because it's better than some of the things I've given a two to. It's not as it's about where I've given some of the things I would put this about the same place that I'd put Hercules. So I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it but I'm not really going to pay that close of attention to it. Yeah. So I, the one thing I would say though of those of those movies we listed that this movie is very similar to I would probably pick this one over any of them. Wow. Okay. I mean Dances with Wolves is a very good movie but it's not a speaking of a movie that drags. Oh my yes, god. Yeah, it's not a it's not a movie I would go back and watch a lot and even Pocahontas is not a great Disney no, movie and no. uh, Fern, Gull- Fern Gully it's it's better than probably its reputation which is zero but it's not a great movie either so it's I not think a great movie but the stories I mean yeah so yeah I'm just saying I, I like I've seen this movie a bunch of times in other movies I don't think it's been done better than this is my argument okay that's 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 fair all right Kate what have we got this week? We've got a good chunk of Disney Plus news. What have we got this week? We do have a good chunk of Disney Plus news. So kicking it off, um, not knowing who asked for it, but production is beginning one. on Hocus Pocus 3. Yeah, nobody. We've already killed these witches. No one asked. Don't, don't, don't say production, Kate. Development. Development. Sorry. Development. Oh, development. Yeah, development has begun. Yes. And, they, and, they development. Can't, and they can't write it because there's a writer's strike. So it's a ways True. off. Uh, number two, as expected, Disney is claiming a $1.5 billion loss on the content that has been removed from the service, helping down the road with tax implications. There are also reports that more content will be removed in the coming weeks and months as the company looks to minimize third quarter losses. Yeah, they're talking next, by the end of June, there will be more content removed and it will be recent bad stuff. 
I mean, I Part I get this- it. It's a smart business move tax wise. I get it. But also. Part of me says the only reason to remove it is residuals. Uh, because if you've already got it produced, really, you can say it didn't work so we can write this off and you don't have to pay the actors. Because in theory, every time someone watches Mysterious Benedict Society on Disney Plus, those actors get a little bit of a fee. Yep. Well, the actors and the writers and the producers. Yeah. Right. So. But part of me says the storage can't cost them much. No, it's not for the storage. I, I assumed it was similar to the Star Wars hotel. If you scrap it, you can you can take it as an entire loss. Yes. That we we spent hundred million dollars to produce this show and it we no longer are make we're now making zero from it. It's gonna go away. I mean yeah. are they, does that mean they're gonna take it away forever? Because that would kind of suck. Yes. I mean tax wise that's what they're gonna have to do. We're yeah. never gonna see season one of the Mighty Ducks. We're never gonna see season one or two of Mysterious Benedict Society. We're never gonna see Oh the Room again. So there are some pluses. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. On the bright side, nothing they took away would I go back and watch anyway. So I can't complain too bad. All right. Next up, Disney Plus will be featured upon the release of Apple's Vision Pro headset, which will be released later this year. This seems to be Apple's answer to Facebook's MetaQuest line of VR headsets. Y'all, if you don't know about this about me, I get very motion sick. Um, pretty you much don't all want a VR headset. I have put on a VR headset one time and I will never do it again because it was miserable. So <laughs> props to all of you who have VR headsets and like VR headsets. Y'all can have all of that. Well, all I saw was starting at $3,500 and went, <laughs> yes. nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's a that's a big no from me, Bob. And last but last, not least, Star Wars The Acolyte has wrapped filming. This mystery thriller is based near the end of the High Republic and will explore the dark side powers that are beginning to emerge. The series is expected on the service in 2024. And then that's it for the Disney Plus News. And and Kate, for, for your knowledge, that is that series is set before everything. Yes. Oh, so it's like a pre 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 everything. Like long time before. So before that was made, so what's the current pre 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 prequel? Phantom Menace is the earliest thing right now. Got it. And this will be like hundreds of years before Phantom Menace. Right. Interesting. So right. Okay. Next week, as I said, next week, the original plan for us was to watch Avatar 2, but we all decided to give it a break. So we're going to watch the documentary Summer of Soul, picked by Kate. This was one of the we put up, and I'm not watching the Taylor Swift documentary. So um, (laughs) this did win the Academy Award for Best Documentary the year it came out, Um, has been put up by Questlove, is basically documents the... Um, 1960. Okay, Pete, help you are. So it's, the, it's the 1969 Harlem Music 1969, Fest, yes. Harlem Music and Fest. it it, it took place weekends. over yeah over a series of Sundays in July and August of 1969. One of which was the same weekend as Woodstock. 
Yes. So they 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 do comparisons to Woodstock, even though it's not. Woodstock was just like a three day festival, and this right. was uh, like. Have you six, seen this, Pete? I have seen it. I have not seen it. So yeah. Um, but we want to dive. We want to dive back into documentaries. This is critically acclaimed, at least. So as far as it, as I said, it did win best documentary feature yeah. uh, in the Academy Awards and all the other awards. Uh, was uh, put out by Questlove from uh, the Tonight Show band. Yeah, right. I, yeah. Yes, okay. he's okay. he's he's on yeah. the Jimmy Fallon yeah, the Jimmy show, Fallon yes. Tonight Show. Yeah, so, he's part of the roots. Right. That will be what is next week's show, guys. We do have some shows coming up where we need some suggestions. We need to know what do you want us to watch, um, especially July, August. All that's going to be out there right now is Secret Invasion, and that's not enough to watch in a whole one episode of that is not enough to do a whole episode of this. So we need to know what you want us to watch. Um, we've got some, we're doing some throwbacks. Um, Sword in the Stone is going to be popping up somewhere in there. We're going to be watching Pirate, Curse of the Black Pearl, Pirates of the Caribbean somewhere in oh, there. Boy. But we also need <laughs> I don't to think know. I have to watch that one. I've seen that at least a dozen times. Yeah. So, but we want to know what else, what things like Summer of Soul, what are some of these, we need some more of these diamonds in the rough. We need some more of these. What are some of these things that most people wouldn't look at on Disney Plus? That's what we're really looking for for coming up on some shows. Guys, we've got new shows every Thursday on YouTube and all of the major podcasting services for Kate, Steve, and Pete. Gina, our producer. I'm Derek, and we will see everyone next week. Bye, guys. I see you. Thanks for watching this week's episode of The Plus Platoon. Be sure to subscribe to the Plus Platoon podcast to keep getting great content each week. Then head over to Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star reviews as they help make the Plus Platoon visible to even more Disney Plus fans. Also, go to YouTube and like and subscribe to the Plus Platoon channel where you can watch all future episodes live. If you have a question for the Plus Platoon, please send us an email to plusplatoon at gmail.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Plus Platoon. The Plus Platoon is a Disney Plus fan podcast and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Plus streaming service. All opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the individual hosts and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company. Thanks for watching and be sure to stay tuned for next week's episode because the Plus Platoon is to be continued. Continued.